the Jericho Network on Westwood One. Welcome to One on One with Miss LaFauna. Joining me on this episode, it is drummer Simon Wright. We talk about Operation Mindcrime, Dio Disciples, new album, Hologram Tour, and more. Led Zeppelin, John Bonham, ACDC, Cliff Williams Retirement, Axl Rose, UFO Michael Schenker, ACDC, Fly on the Wall, Holy Diver, and a lot more. We covered them. We covered everything. So there you go. Uh, so enjoy that. Before enjoying the episode, please check me out on Twitter at Mitch LaFon, M-I-T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N. One-on-one, Mitch LaFon is the Facebook page and paypal.me forward slash Mitch LaFon, should you care to support the podcast. And with that, here is the one, the only, undeniable drummer to the stars, Simon Wright. We are speaking with Simon Wright, currently on tour with Operation Mindcrime. Good day, sir. Good day, Mitch. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, pleasure talking to you. Now, um, I saw you with Operation Mindcrime in Ottawa at the Brass Monkey earlier this year. It was an absolutely phenomenal performance. The band, you, Jeff, everybody just sounds great. Thanks. I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's great. It yeah. was a good show. Yeah, the band has, uh, you know, I've been playing with... Uh, well, with Jeff, since it was uh, Jeff Tate's Queens right now, it's Operation Mindcrime and stuff. So, you know, we've kind of uh, pulled things in and got a lot tighter and stuff. And uh, um, we have a, well, a newish guitar player, Scott Morton, who's come in as well. And he's, we've, it's all really gelled and it seems to be really working well. So it's, it's all good. Yeah, Great really show, did. that it was a good one. Good yeah, people was... there at that club. Yeah, the the guys that run it there, Scotty and uh, Dion, do a great job. Now, yeah. uh, the band just released Resurrection. You played on most of the tracks, not all. Uh, just if you can, uh, before we get to Dio Disciples and all that, just just talk to me about that album and the sound that the band was trying to get. Well, it was, um, you see, the, the way things are done with the albums and stuff, that. They're done up there. I live in Los Angeles. They're done up there in Seattle. And those guys kind of work on it and hone it and come up with the ideas like you do when you're writing an album and stuff. So my input was not a great input. There was a couple of tracks that I did on the album and they worked those into songs. And uh, um, I think the album is uh, it just just I, I was blown away. I didn't realize that that was the way it was going to come out. It's a little different. It's a little sort of kind of avant-garde in places and all sorts of stuff going on. But um, I think they did a fantastic job um, and it just seems to be getting more and more progressive, you know, which I think is very cool. So, so yeah. Yeah, yeah it really is. So, so Dio Disciples, um, the band has has been together in one form or another for for a few years now. Is there plans at some point to get an album made? Yes, um, there, there, there definitely is. We're, we've got songs that we're working on, um, off and on at the moment. Um, we're we're fine tuning things. Um, hopefully, it's looking like it might be some point next year. Um, and next year, we will be going out with the the hologram. Uh, that we did the hologram show in uh, last a uh, couple of months ago in Germany um, at Wacken. So it's going to be a very busy time next year. Um, and uh, hopefully, yes, we'll have an album out. Oh, so, so, so talk to me about that hologram show, because I, I'm curious to know how it works. Is the band playing 
fully live, and of course, then the vocals are 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 brought in. Or yeah, okay. So so how difficult is that for you as a drummer to to keep that live vibe and yet still play to the recorded vocal track? I, I'm baffled by how it all works. Well, it, it's pretty simple, really. The track was done with a click track, and I play to the click track. We program the click track to Ronnie's performance because it's impossible just to play along with Ronnie because there are so many, you know, ups and downs, and you know, most uh, the takes of Ronnie are taken from live shows and stuff. So it's pretty much impossible to just get it absolutely right with him. It's show, each show is different. So we program the click track to Ronnie and I play, I have in-ears or headphones and I play along to the click track and uh, hopefully I can hear the click track <laughs> because that could be a major problem if we, we if I get off that click track. So yeah, I'm kind of in a little bit in the hot seat there, but uh, the rest of the band is playing live um, and I have them in my my monitors as well so I can hear them. And uh, that that's basically how it how it worked and how it's gonna work. So, yeah, that's that. So, so how is that set up in term? I mean, obviously, the, there's no flexibility because it has to stay to what what the vocals are. But, but how is the image created in terms of getting it on stage? And and how is it for you? I mean, do you actually see the hologram from where you're sitting, or I, I'm baffled by the whole magic of it all. Well, it's created by a company called iLusion, um, a gentleman called Jeff Pazuki. Um, and um, no, I can't see what's going on. We're going to rectify that, I think, because I, I think I need to see it. And I, and maybe I don't need to see it. It might freak me out. But, you know, it's uh, all I can see from the back on the riser is, is just the light of it. Um, it it's not a full image. It's just a, a light. Um, you can see it from the front, and I, I think you can see it from the sides. Um, I did get to see it when we rehearsed with it. it the, the image was off to the right, so I could I could see it that way. And uh, that was uh, something else to see. I mean, uh, Craig and Bjorn got up on the side next to Ronnie, and uh, that, that was uh, goosebumps. You know, that was uh, quite a moment. But... Um, We'll we'll end up putting some monitors up, up so I can actually see Ronnie performing. Um, but as as it stands at the moment, no, I can't see him. It's just a like a light. Right now, now emotionally for you to when when you played Wacken and and you got to see the fans' reaction and and you 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 got to sort of be back on stage with Ronnie for that moment. How was that for you? Was it everything you expected, or did emotions take over and you go? Wow, I'm well, tears and goosebumps and oh my god. Well, in a way, I guess it helped that I couldn't see it and I could just see the light. Um, it was actually, it was, it was, it was pretty nerve wracking. I wanted to get it right and we wanted to be, we wanted to be good. Um, you know, I'm sure as we do more shows, it'll get a little bit easier. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I really didn't have time for any emotion. It was just, you know. Um, getting on with it and playing the song right and listening to that click and making sure I was on the money and, uh, you know, just playing as well as I could. Um, you know, I did see things afterwards and, uh, I thought it turned out brilliantly, you know, I mean, you know, it, it 
Ronnie was always about, you know, spectacle and theatrics and with dragons and stuff and everything like that. So, you know, I have a feeling that, that, that this is something that he would have liked to see. Um, you know, obviously that's impossible, but in that respect, I think, you know, his sense of, uh, extravagance and show and everything, I think it turned out pretty cool. Yeah, the, the, the fan reaction was pretty cool. Now, getting back to the, the new yeah. album, when you get into the studio and you make that new album, are you conscious of we need to make it sound like Dio, or is it Dio Disciples just going to do rock music and, and it's going to be what it is? Or do you have to sort of fit into a mold and say it has to be you know, another holy diver kind of thing? No, I, I don't think... I think we are... I think we are, we've talked about it, and I think we are trying to create a sound. Um, obviously, there is going to be a little bit of deal influence with Craig, obviously, and, um, and Scott and me. Um, but I think what we're trying to develop is an actual kind of Dio Disciples sound. Um, you know, and we're trying to capture that same spirit of, of, of say, Holy Diver or Magicka or, you know, uh, Killing the Dragon. Um, you know, some of that will fall into place, which is a natural thing because we were all involved with that. But I think at, at the end of the day, we, we are trying to create um, a, a Dio Disciples sound as best we can. And in terms of vocalists, do you stick with Ripper Owens or or is it sort of you'll bring in anybody? No, no, I, I think we, I think we uh, you know, we, we've worked with Tim before and we right. want to work with him again and Oni. Right. Um, we're still only Logan yet. Um, and we're still talking about other people being involved as well. Um, you know, uh, these are people that have, um, have been done shows before. So we're just, you know, really in the planning stages with regards to, to everything. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Okay, that sounds good. Now, uh, I'm going to ask you some, some questions about some of your past and some of the things. You recently uh, put up on Facebook that you were at Nebworth for one of John Bonham's last shows, and he recently, of course, it's the anniversary of, of him passing away. Um, what was that show like, that Nebworth show that you like uh, that you saw, and what did John mean to you in terms of being interested in drumming and, and wanting to be a drummer? Um. Okay. Yeah. The the show was, um, it, it actually could have been a lot better. Um, the show, um, unfortunately it was, it was one of those days where it was so windy. I mean, it was like blowing a gale. Um, and that did affect the sound a little bit. The sound would come in and out, uh, because of the delay. Um, but I still thought it was an incredible show. Um, you know, the screens were up. Um, it, it was just great. And, um, you know, he's such an influence. I mean, it's there's so many people. He's just got that groove. He can he hits hard, and then he he'll play uh, subtly. You know, in between hitting hard and everything. And when I first heard him, I think it was Zeppelin Two that I first heard. Um, yeah, I was just blown away. I'm like, wow, who, who the hell is this? You know, um, it was just incredible. You know, and then after that, there was Song Remains the Same. Um, he was just such a massive influence, you know. Um, it's just uh, a shame things had to end uh, at such a, you know, um, 
he was such a, a really a young age, you know. That's that's rock and roll. Yeah, a lot of tragedy. Um, ACDC, a, a couple of questions on the current state, and then we'll look back at some of the stuff you did. Um, Cliff Williams has decided to retire permanently. What do you think that does for ACDC, and, and should the band solicit a new bassist and keep going? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> such a lot has happened in a short period of time. Um, you know, first of all, with uh, with Malcolm, you know, that, that really threw me. I was like, oh, my God, really? What? You know, um, I don't know. I mean, there is Chris is there and Stevie's there and Angus, obviously. So it, it and people love seeing the band and, and love that music. So I don't think it would be completely out of order or strange to carry on with a new bass player. But I don't know. I, I haven't been involved with it for so long, um, you know. But, I, you know, those songs are iconic. I mean, it's like an institution. So maybe it should carry on. I'm not sure. Yeah, and well, you know, it probably should. If you ask me, you know, at some point, bands bands and brands become bigger than the than the members. And I know that sounds bad to say, but, you know, ACDC, I think the songs are just bigger than the individual parts. Um, what was Yeah, your... I think you're right. I absolutely think you're right. Sometimes it ends up songs are bigger than the band. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. It really was. What was your thoughts on Guns N' Roses frontman Axl Rose joining the band? And, and did you see any of the clips online? And, and, and what did you think of it? I, I, well, at first, when I heard about it, I, was, I thought, I think, like a lot of people, you know, is he going to be late? Is he going to show up? Because that would really, you know, I know, you know, Angus and the rest of the guys wouldn't put up with that. So I thought, hmm, this is going to be interesting. But I did see it, and I thought he did a great job. You know, um, when I heard about Brian and his ear problems and stuff, I was like, oh, no, this is just getting, you know, bad for worse here. You know, it's what next kind of thing. But I think Axel did a pretty damn good job stepping in and, you know, helping uh, helping out and finishing up that tour. And the fans got to see the shows that, that, that were booked and everything. So I think it worked out. I thought he did a good job. Yeah, I think I think he did a great job, and I think he he should definitely yeah. stay. And I think the band should record something with him, the, a live album or or a new album. But but listen, he 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 was the right person to fit in for that. Um, well, but, we, the thing is, though, we still don't know. There's there's things going around about Brian, and there are certain there's new technology out there that could help Brian out, and uh, he he might be able to do an album. You know, I I don't know. Yeah. And, and and listen, I like Brian. And I, I like Brian, and and he did great with 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 the band. But I'm a huge Guns N' Roses fan, and, and I just find the curiosity of it all to be so intriguing that I just can't accept that it's just these shows, and there's nothing that will memorialize it that I can hold in my hand. So, yes, I wish Brian comes back, but just give me one Axel. ACDC something, please. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. And I can understand what you're saying, too. But, you know, it's always good to see, you know, the original, the heroes up there doing it, you know. So, but I guess it's just speculation at the moment. No no one really knows what's going to happen. It's all uh, up to Angus, I guess. Yeah, so so we'll see. Now, uh, let, let's go back to, to the mid-90s. You were in UFO 
for uh, from '95 to '99. Uh, talk to me a little bit about joining that band and and what that was like. And uh, well, let's just go with that first. Yeah, it it was well, and it initially started with um with a phone call from Michael's manager Bella, uh, who's since passed away. But um, it was going to be the Michael Schenker group um, for a little while there. We were talking back and forth for a couple of months. Um, and then one day it just ended up being, oh, it's not Michael Schenker group. It's UFO. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, this is really cool. I've loved UFO for years. I mean, I've you know seen them God knows how many times in Manchester. So, yeah, I mean, it was just great. I mean, there's such a, you know, that, that, there's, there are a lot of fun to be around, you know, there's always something going on, you know, um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's, there's so many of those brilliant songs, you know, obviously that, that are out there. So I was very humbled and, uh, very excited to be involved and, uh, they're great people. Uh, I see them when they come, I always make sure I go down and see them and just say hello and shake hands and have a laugh and a drink when they come round and stuff. And, uh, it, it's great. They're really, really cool people. Yeah, they really are, and and of course you were there in that in that moment where Michael quit the band halfway through a show. Um, what do you remember yes. about that evening? And you know, how do you get yeah, over that? Well, it was I. I'd never even you know in when I was playing in the very first bands and stuff. I'd never seen anybody react like that on a stage. I mean, he just completely you know smashed the hell out of his guitar and stuff um and you know everybody had been there were kind of two camps at the time it just had to be that way um but michael would travel kind of separate from the rest of us and the band and everything he was always fine to me he always would say hello and you know he was very courteous and stuff and we chat a little bit and stuff but i think there was some deep deep resentment somewhere um you know, between him and the rest of the the rest of the guys in the band, um, I don't know where that came from. I don't know what that was about. I I just thought I'd leave that one alone. But um, yeah, that was quite a night in. Um, I think it was in was it in Nagoya or Tokyo something. Wasn't in um, Was it in Palo Palo Alto, California? Oh, that happened before we got to Japan. Yeah, he he um, yeah he didn't. Uh, <laughs> He did leave the stage at that time, yeah. Yeah, um, that was in Palo Alto, that's right. And then we went to Japan, and he had another... Uh, he had another... Meltdown. Uh, episode. Yeah, meltdown, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I think we had another three or four shows left to do in Japan after after that, that we, you know, we, we, we couldn't, we couldn't fulfill. Um, you know, we actually all got on got on the plane and went home the night after that when uh but it was it was a really really bad time i'd never seen anything like that but i'm you know i've seen michael uh on a couple of occasions since and he's been nice i haven't really questioned him about what the hell happened you know that's his kind of thing um and he's playing brilliant at the moment you know he's having a it looks like he's having a ball on stage um so it's just one of those bad episodes. Yeah, he's he's doing great now with, with his current lineup, and and but you know, yeah. Uh, another thing that I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about is the uh, bowl for Ronnie that's coming up um, 
for the Ronnie James Dio stand up and shout cancer cancer fund, which is in November November fourth. Um, yeah, talk to me a little bit about that and, and what the event really is, and you know who's going to be there well, and all that wonderful stuff. It, it's going to be great. It's um, she, uh, Wendy uh, puts it all together, um, and it's every year, um, and it's a lot of fun. It's there's a lot of interviews. There's a lot of uh, different celebrities are there. Um, I'm not exactly sure of the list of people who are going to be there this coming November, but it's a lot of fun and it, and it raises money for Ronnie's, uh, cancer fund. Um, and it, it's just basically a fun night, you know, it's, you know, and there, are there are auctions and people, you know, there's lots of cool memorabilia for, you know, up for auction. So it's going to be a great, great night. I've been on, managed to get there on a, two other occasions, I think, because I, I was on the road the other times and I couldn't make it, unfortunately. But this time I'm going to be there. And uh, yeah, it's just a great night and it's for a great cause. Yeah, it really is. Um, and and I, I know we're running out of time, so I'll ask you just a couple more questions. Uh, Fly on the Wall, ACDC, that was your first album with the band. What was that like getting the call that said, hey, you know what, you're in and then realizing, I'm going to play on an ACDC album. I mean, what, what was that like for you professionally and just, you know, as a fan? Well, that's I was. I was a fan. I mean, I, I to get that, I mean, talk about a break. Um, I mean, I was in London at the time, and I, they, there was an ad in a paper just to condense the story. Um, and I went down and played and they liked what I did and invited me back and I'm in the rehearsal room. Next thing I know, they're talking about tour dates. And I said, does this mean I'm in the band? And, and Mal leans over and goes, yeah, I guess he does. So, <laughs> you know, we finished up there. I called my father. He was like, you did what? <laughs> you know, it was like, so, yeah, I mean, I was pretty young when all that was going down, and I'd, I'd had some experience. Um, but, you know, to go from, you know, a small situation to a massive worldwide situation, I mean, I was, you know, a little bit kind of like had my head in a washing machine. You know, it was just incredible, you know. But um, they were really cool to be around, like I've said before, and uh, they kept focused and nothing was... You know, with just play, you know, no massive, you know, dramas going on. It's just us playing and stuff. So, you know, it, it it definitely worked out. And wow, what a break! Yeah, and so, what a what an album. And of course, it was recorded out in Montreux. So you've got a great band, yeah. a great venue, you know, a great setting to be in. I mean, wow. Yeah, it was very it was very surreal. I mean, Montreux, as we know, is beautiful. You've got the lake. Yeah, and you've got all the stories behind the casino and smoke on the water and the whole thing. I was just wandering around, you know, just what the hell is going on? <laughs> you know? so, that that yeah. that's great. Now, um, your first album with Dio was locked up in Lock Up the Wolves, but I want to ask you about the Holy Diver Live because that is such a classic, classic album. What was that like for you, knowing that you were going to play the whole album uh, from front to back? and actually be part of the legacy of, of that album. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I love the idea. I mean, Ronnie came up with the idea and, um, yeah. And you know, it was, it was just something else. I mean, 
you know, Holy Diver is, is not just, it, it, it was great to do it because Holy Diver is not the theme, you know, it's not just Holy Diver and Rainbow in the Dark. I mean, there are so many brilliant songs on that album. I mean, the whole thing, you know, is, is nonstop, you know, on 10 the whole way through, you know, so, you know, being able to, yeah, being able to play that was, was just, uh, a great time and it was just such a an honor to to actually you know get to play it back to back there's so many brilliant songs on it and i think it worked out really well we did it in a way where we would medley into into the songs and, and make it a whole one piece um, which i think worked out really well as well yeah it, it really did there, there was a it was a great introduction and, and i and i believe that had uh doug aldrich on was it doug or was it craig Oh, um, yeah, that was Doug Aldridge yeah. on guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He, he's, he's just stunning, stunning, stunning. Um, he is. And uh, I know we're, we said 20 minutes, so um, when you heard about Ronnie's passing, do you remember where you were and, and, and the feeling that came over you? Uh, yeah, I do remember. Um, yeah. I think we'd probably leave it there. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it <laughs> yeah. there. Um, Thanks, Mitch. No, no, no. I apologize. Sorry about that. It's all right. No problem, Mitch. It's all right. No, no well, th- there we go. Um, then you know what? Let's let's leave everything there. It, it was been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you, and um, I, I look forward. You too, to, Mitch. I, I look forward to to seeing uh, Operation Mindcrime. There is that Trinity tour coming up with uh, Tim and Blaze and and Jeff, which which should be fun. And uh, thank you, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Rich. Uh, sorry, Mitch. It was really nice talking with you. Uh, um, anytime. Absolutely. Thank you now. Okay, man. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. And there you have it, folks, my interview with drummer Simon Wright. Please check me out on Twitter at Mitch Lafon, M-I-T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N, one-on-one, Mitch Lafon on Facebook, and paypal.me forward slash Mitch Lafon. Thank you for listening, and uh, bye for now. Oh, my.